Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your new go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. This season of Freelance Writing Coach is sponsored by Select Few. Select Few provides transparent, flexible marketing teams made of pre-vetted freelancers. Establish action plans, discover missing pieces, and then build and manage a team of pros in everything from copywriting to Facebook ads to web design and outsourced sales. No white labeling, no markups, just flexible teams of expert marketers ready to get to work. If you run a business and need help with marketing, head to selectfew.co. And if you're a pro freelancer looking to work with new clients, head to the same address or send an email over to team at selectfew.co. Tell them Kaylee and Emma sent you. Today, we're going to talk about our personal schedules and how we manage our heavy loads as business owners. We are busy and I have a young toddler, which makes me like, I don't know, a hundred times as busy as the average person. And so how do we do it? How do we manage these schedules? Kaylee, like what does an average day look like for you? (laughs) So... I feel like I, my business has really evolved in recent years. And one of the things that I really don't talk about a whole lot online is that I've had kind of some ongoing health issues where sometimes it's really, really difficult for me to do deep work. So really super in-depth writing. It's, it's like a brain fog issue where I can't get super deep into it. So in recent years, I have done a bit more subcontracting where I'll have, um, maybe a more junior writer help me with an outline or help me with the research piece or help with a first draft. And that has really kind of changed the way my day-to-day schedule looks because I'm doing more directing and editing and kind of like hand-holding slash coaching mentoring, which I, I really love. But especially during the times when I'm really sick, it's very difficult for me to do like in-depth writing. And so, yeah, my workload has changed a little bit, but it's still very much like working with e-commerce clients and a lot of like software clients, a lot of sales, a lot of like managing communications with clients and also lately like really leaning into education. So building out some more resources for fellow writers, doing some more like live training sessions. I've also been doing some experimenting with like copy audits. So kind of trying to diversify what my day-to-day looks like because just the nature of the work that I'm doing now, it lends itself a little bit to that mixture um, rather than just like client work, nothing else, a little bit of business management. So yeah, it's changed. It's always changing. I'm sure it'll never be stagnant because that's kind of the nature of what we do. But how about you? I know that with your little one, things have changed a lot for you. So I'm curious to hear you talk about that. Yeah. So it's interesting because for me, and I was a little surprised you you didn't talk about this, but maybe it's not an issue for you. Like maybe it's a personal issue for me. And that's that I find that I ha- like I'm not a very structured person. And that like I'm not one of these people that like I'm like, I wake up at eight, I brush my teeth at 801, I eat breakfast at 803. <laughs> like there are people that are like that and they talk about like, you know, from from 9, 15 a.m. to 10 a.m. I do deep work on my writing. Like I don't have like a scheduled day like that. I have recognized that I need to 
put time for structured work into my schedule or sorry, not structured work, but like deep work into my schedule really deliberately. And I found a bunch of ways to do that. Like this is even before I had my son where I was like, okay, on Mondays and Fridays, I'm not going to take meetings. And so me too. Game changer. Right. So like I was like on Mondays and Fridays, I'm not going to take meetings unless it's like an extenuating circumstance. And it's really the only time we can meet, but like, I want to leave those days so that I can focus on either business building work or deep writing work. Or if I want to take those days off, it's not an issue because before COVID when we used to travel over the weekends, Mm -hmm. that was important to me. But now that I have a toddler, I have limited childcare hours. So it's even more important that the time in my day is super structured. And that's why I thought it was interesting when you were giving your response, because you were like, well, my day to day is like full of all of these different wondrous things. And for me, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm looking at it at at such a micro level where I'm like, okay, on Mondays, I work from 12 to 5 PM. And some of that is like, when we can have our nanny come, right? And so like mm-hmm. my nanny's hours are like in my calendar so that when a client wants to book a meeting, like I'm definitely there. So I've had to be like so deliberate about like just when I'm available for meetings and when I'm doing the deep work and I really have to like block off time in my calendar. Not So, okay. So one of the things I recognize about myself too is that I'm not very internally motivated. So if I block out something in my calendar and it's just for me, like I basically ignore it. But if it's Mm. something that Uh, like affects someone on the other end. So for example, if I block off time where no one can schedule a meeting, I will then use that time to do deep work that I cannot do when people are, are, are using for a meeting. But if it's just for me on the calendar, I ignore it. So some of it is like understanding who you are, right? Yeah. I think that that's so much of figuring out like what your day is going to look like is, is how do I work best? Like what, yes. or maybe like, how do I not work best? Sometimes that's easier. And for me, I was so glad that you touched on the calls because for so long I've worked with my email open in one tab, or I've been like on the defense with fielding calls or like, yeah, I'm available to hop on that. It doesn't matter that it's 4 30 PM on a Friday at my time. That's totally fine. And so Once I started adding in more structure and like you said, like no calls on Mondays or Fridays really kind of, I, and I think I do have more structure maybe than I originally thought, but just boundaries for me has been a big thing about like, what can I realistically get done and what are the things that make me completely unproductive? And so identifying those has been really helpful at like, what's an optimal workday look like? Yeah. And for you, like what, well, you mentioned like having the email open and just like taking a call whenever, but are there other things that you feel like come up in your day-to-day that you know make you unproductive or even make you more productive that you could point to? I think for me, just in the past year, I've realized how, and this is completely a testament to my own personal vanity, but like if I have a video call, it totally just Fs up my whole day because Mm. then I have to take a shower and I have to be (laughs) camera ready at a certain point and my hair has to be done. It's not like I can just get up, sit down to work and not have to worry about that. I feel this personal responsibility to look a certain way because a lot of times this is like the first time and maybe only time that somebody's going to see me. And I feel a lot of feelings about like how people see me because so much of what I do is digital and like over email or over the phone. So I feel like those rare video interactions are super important and they 
probably at the end of the day are not. Like there have been plenty of video calls where I've hopped on like, hey, I didn't have time to get all pretty this morning for you. And the other person is like, I don't care. Yeah, that's it's really interesting to hear you talk about this because that's not an issue for me because I'm like, uh, like a homely mom, like especially because I became a mom and I have like, which it's like such a mom stereotype. I feel like bad saying it, but I have such limited hours that like I am lucky to get a shower on some days, which sounds crazy, but I'm like, I can't be, I can't be picky about that. So I'm just going to like look hideous. And I don't know. I mean, people seem to be okay with that. Like, I think I, you've identified, I think correctly that it's more a personal thing for you, but yes. I'm also, I'm also curious about like, how do you manage that? Like, is your choice like, oh, I'm not going to do as many video calls or is it like, I'm only going to schedule video calls on these days? Or is it like, I'm going to get dressed and dolled up every day? Like, how have you like taken that knowledge about yourself and then like made it work for you on a daily basis? Yeah. I've tried to stack the video calls on one day so that I just have to get ready like one day a week. They're out of the way. They're done. And that's same. the same is true for like any live sessions I do or if I'm going to be recording video. I try to do a bunch of it and like get really good use out of the effort that went into getting camera ready because again, like it's just totally my own personal stuff. I probably need to go to more therapy about this, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's been, it, the, at the end of the day, like nobody gives a shit what you look like. They really don't care. And I feel like there's been so many times where I've been on a call where I should know this. Like the other person's like, oh yeah, I don't care. Like I feel the same way. I feel like I don't look the way maybe I want to look, but I just don't care. Well, it's interesting because I've seen you like in your pajamas because we're good friends. And I'm like, you look just as good as your, you'll look like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, you'll look great in your pajamas, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not even trying to flatter you there, but I do think that's like something personal for us, but whatever those things are, however much therapy someone else might think we need because of our weird things, (laughs) I actually think that like, once you know those things about yourself, you can design your day around them. So like, even for me, there's things like, I know I'm much more productive in the mornings. So mm. that means that whenever possible, like, so our, we, we only have a certain number of hours from our nanny per week, but I try and like stack those hours that we have her in the morning, even if it's like really early in the morning and technically like my husband's around to watch my son, but like, it's like, those are the hours that I want for work. And so like, let's, let's, like do as much time in the morning as we can. So, so much of it is like about identifying who you are. And like, I, one of the things that has been interesting too, in like having the childcare problem, which I know not all our listeners have, but some might, or some might be curious about is that like our nanny is a grad student, which means her schedule changes each semester. So each semester we work together to come up with a new schedule. And then that kind of means like a new routine. Like I can, I, change my calendar accordingly, but then I sort of have to get used to like, okay, now she's coming on Tuesday morning. So if I'm going to work out, it should be Tuesday afternoon. And even with COVID and and having less plans, I find I'm still trying to like, you know, reconfigure my weeks to, you know, be optimal for my success, basically. I mean, I think it's an ongoing work in progress, right? Like for everybody. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think even though I don't have like the childcare issue, of course, there are an endless amount of things that can distract you during the day or that require your attention or, you know, especially working from home. I've heard a lot of people say in the past year, as remote work has been on the rise, that working from home is really hard for them based on their personality type because they 
are a procrastinator or they're like, oh, they're, I can like clean the living room or do laundry or do other things instead of doing this thing I need to do. So it's definitely about understanding yourself and how you work best. And I, and I will say again, to touch on the email thing, like working with your email tab open, that's a really good way to be on the defensive all day long. And Mm -hmm. I still struggle with this, but yeah, it's really hard to get any deep work done when you are constantly fielding questions or things that crop up. It's it's nearly impossible to get into any sort of flow when you are opening yourself to distraction like that. So I think it's it takes a lot of discipline for sure. And I I think you had mentioned this earlier that so much of it is about boundaries. And I think mm-hmm. when I was first starting out as a freelancer, I wanted to be available all the time and appear available all the time because I was like, I am at your beck and call. But the truth, <laughs> right? But like, I, th- right. I think actually if you set expectations, it can make you look more professional. So one of the things I say to my clients, like when we first start working together, I say, You can always expect an email from me within, actually, I don't remember. It depends on the client, but it's either 24 or 48 hours. And on like, I don't work the weekend, so I won't reply then. And I pretty much always get back to them sooner than that. But I feel like it's just helpful to say like, I will get back to you within 24 hours because I think if they have the expectation that they're, that you're going to get back to them in five minutes, then you're sort of set up to always be late. Whereas if you kind of say, hey, it's going to take me 24 hours and it actually only takes you five, then they're like, oh, she got back to me really quickly, right? So yeah. so much of it is like, and when I, the reason that I bring that up in terms of like the schedule and how we juggle our time and manage our day is because like we need to own our time. And that is a really important lesson for beginner freelancers. Like that is actually what this conversation is all about. Like we are really busy. And unless we say like, no, I'm not taking meetings on this day. Like, no, these are the hours that I work. No, I will not respond to every email every time it comes in. I will not take that call. Um, I will only do video calls on these days. That is about taking control over the business. And that is like what the daily schedule is really about. Because if you're not willing to kind of take control over it, then you're not going to be successful, right? Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think it's, it's very much about being cognizant of the the power dynamic, to put it in really plain terms, because the minute you hand over your own boundaries or you drop them and you say like, yeah, like I'm at your back and call, like whatever you need, I'll be there right away. Like call me at midnight on a Sunday. I don't care. The minute you let that happen, even if it's slightly less ex- extreme than that, it really puts you more in the position of being an employee for that person rather than an independent contractor slash business owner with like skills and professionalism and boundaries. So I think that something to be really aware of because it can happen really quickly to fall into that trap. Yeah. And again, like we've talked about like why you should think about freelance writing as a business. And this is a big part of it is like, if you're at someone's beck and call, like, are you really a business that's providing value? Like, I don't know. I mean, you do want to be available to your clients, but it's your job as a business owner to set expectations about what they can expect. And also like you taking control of your schedule actually benefits your clients because you can do better work. Like if I don't have time Mm -hmm. in my week to do that deep writing work, 
then my clients are like not going to get the stuff that I've I've promised or, or it's not going to be as good as I want it to be because I, I need that time. So I think remembering that like you're not taking control of your schedule because like you're being a jerk, you're taking control of your schedule so that you can deliver as much value as possible for your clients um, and like live a sustainable life, right? Because I know there was one year in my business, I think I was two or three years into it. I worked my tail off and I was so burnt out. And I remember I worked with a business coach and I was like, she's like, what's going on in your business? Like, why are we working together? And I was like, I hate all my clients. (laughs) And she was like, well, why? What's going on? And what, what we realized together was that it wasn't like anything wrong with my clients. It was that like, I was basically letting them walk all over me. And that was making me feel like incredibly burnt out. It was making me hate the business that I was in um, because I wasn't being protective enough of my time. So now I try and be like, you know, pretty deliberate about juggling the load. And I, I mean, freelancers talk about like all kinds of interpretation of this subject too, but I want, I, I wanted to touch on like vacation. So I know we can't take vacation with COVID, but like, I feel like it's part and parcel with personal schedule because like, I know there's, there's some freelancers out there that are like, I take four months of the year off. Like I take off every Friday and I'm curious about how you think about like time off, at least as it relates to like your personal daily schedule. Yeah. So I, in 2020, have been very bad about taking time off just because I, like you said, I don't have anywhere to go. Whereas in the past I had travel regularly, almost once a month baked into what I was doing. So I had to take time off because it just wasn't realistic for me to be working while I was on an airplane or like traveling somewhere. So this year has been, this past year has been interesting in that I haven't burned out, but I've also like not really felt a lot of separation between me and my business, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a dangerous game. I think the other thing too is that for a long time, I did retainer work. And this is something I wanted to touch on too. I did retainer work for two clients. And so because they had me on retainer, it was really hard to draw those boundaries around like, well, if they're mm-hmm. paying me to be on call, basically, like, what are my hours? And so I'm still kind of recovering from being on somebody else's payroll, essentially, as a regular recurring work type of person. Even though I was always an independent contractor, I felt like because they trusted me enough to pay me a retainer rate, like I needed to be there anytime and all the time. And mm-hmm. so it's just now that I'm finally getting to the point where I'm like, no, I don't have to say yes to that phone call request or no, I don't have to take that podcast interview because I don't want to do it. Um, That's when a hard lesson for me is to like, like you said, be really selective about your time and saying no to things because I've always, number one, I'm a very much a people pleaser. And number two, I just have always felt again, like, man, I, what I'm doing with freelance writing is like, I'm getting away with something. So I need to bend over backwards to make this continue to work. And you would think after seven years, I would be past this, but I'm still not. That's the reality. Yeah. I think that it's a really important reminder for listeners though, that like we are still working on this because I'm sure there are people listening that are like, I have a retainer client. They breathe down my neck. I need some simple strategies. (laughs) Like give me the quick tip of how I get them off my back. And I feel that like I've been there and like these are, I'm just going to like spew off a few like quick tips for, well, we could, we can, we're going to talk about boundaries later, but like 
to reclaim your daily schedule and some of your time. Like some things that you can do are like turning off notifications on your phone, like putting your phone in do not disturb mode when you go to bed, being clear with the client about like what the expectations are, even if you have a retainer relationship and saying like, hey, I know I'm on retainer for you. I just wanted to let you know that again, it's going to take me 24 hours to respond to an email or you can call me anytime. And if I don't answer, I promise I'll get back to you within three hours during normal business hours. Like, I don't think that people react negatively to this. Like you're just telling them what to expect. So yeah, like we've been there. I even now, like I worked with a client over the summer and over the summer, I didn't have a nanny because of COVID. Our nanny wasn't here. And it was like a really hellish, really difficult time in the business. Cause I basically worked like naps and like my husband took my kid a few hours a day, but it like wasn't enough. But I had one client that scheduled a meeting during like every single nap, <laughs> Which, which like, it, it wasn't even their fault. Like, they didn't really know. But when I worked with them again, like, and I couldn't get out of it for that project. But they hired me for something else. And I was honest with them. I was like, look, if it's going to be, like, the last project where we had, like, you know, X number of meetings and they were always at this time, like, I can't do it because I just don't have the time. And I realized that it's somewhat of a privileged position to be like, I'm not going to take that work. But, like, I knew that if I took that work, I couldn't. Like I I couldn't take on anything else, right? And they were actually super happy to oblige. They were like, okay, great. Like, how do we make this work for you? We really want to work with you. So I do think that if you come at these conversations with like a certain level of confidence in protecting your time, people are like, okay, we like they get in line for you. Again, that's like the shifting power dynamic. Yeah. I think this is especially difficult for women. And maybe that's a generalization. I'm sure it's a blanket statement, but I feel like we are raised, at least in the US, for for people who can relate, definitely still raised to be like pleasing and accommodating and just like don't ruffle any feathers. And so that's hard to break out of. But I have just kind of adopted this almost like masculine approach in the last year or two, which honestly, like I feel a lot of swagger that comes with that to just kind of like put that out there. It feels really good to be like, no here's how I work rather than being bossed around by somebody else. And I feel like that really has solidified me as a professional and as an expert too of like, okay, if you want me and if you are willing to pay my rates and everything aligns, like here's how this is going to go and taking the lead in those conversations rather than like, okay, here's exactly what we want you to do, which again is like a violation first of all, of like the independent contractor working relationship, because you're not an employee, they can't tell you how to do the project. But that's for another day. But yeah, I feel like it's given me a real, I don't know, like, swagger is the only word I can think of where I'm like, yeah, this is how I work. And this is why I'm worth the rates that I charge. And it's been really effective, like surprisingly effective to yeah. take that uh, shift and that approach with things. What about you? Well, I have the same experience. Yeah. And maybe I came to it a little bit sooner than you based on necessity or maybe just like my personality because I think I have sort of like a confidence bend to me that, that probably most people don't have. Like I, I do think that I have that. So I'm pretty, and I'm also pretty blunt. So like I will tell clients like, this is how it is, take it or leave it. Um, and I, I don't have as much of a problem with the people pleasing as, as some others, although I'm really conflict averse. So like, it's not that I'm exactly a people pleaser, but I really hate conflict. So when it comes up, like I have difficulty managing that, which again is like a topic for another day perhaps. But I do think that 
if we're talking about like the personal schedules and the boundaries and all of these things, and if I'm giving advice about it, I would say like, start with your ideal. Like, what do you want your days to look like? What do you want your weeks to look like? And then work backwards to say like, well, what would I need to do in order to make that a reality? So if you're like, I don't want to work Mondays and Fridays, like what do you need to do to make sure you don't work Mondays and Fridays? Is it making sure your Calendly link is like, there's no Mondays and Fridays booked? Is it putting in your own personal calendar? Is it, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I do think that like working backwards to say like, this is what I want my day to look and figuring out how to how to make it happen is is maybe the right place to start. I am so glad you brought that up because I forgot that this is something I was doing like a couple of years ago. I had a worksheet where I literally wrote down what my ideal day as a work day looked like, where it was like in the morning I get up and eat breakfast at blank time. And then I take a break at X time to walk the dog. And I take lunch at X time for 30 minutes or 45 minutes. And then I take another break in the afternoon. And I basically like constructed what my ideal day looked like. And then I figured out how do I engineer things so I can execute this and make it a reality. Mm. So I guess it's really just a matter of number one, like really understanding what you want and need out of your ideal workday and out of your ideal schedule. And then number two, like being confident enough to enforce those strict boundaries to make that happen. Right. It's a, it's a two-sided coin for sure. Right. Right. Because you can decide on what you want for yourself, but unless you're willing to extend that to the clients that you serve, then you're not going to be able to have any control over your schedule. And I mean, there are so many ways that freelancers think about their daily schedules. There's people that I know that they do like money Mondays where they do all their financial stuff on Mondays and they do like, I don't know, like taking Tuesday where they, I don't know, take all the candy out of the candy bowl. No, I don't know. But they have these, like, <laughs> there, there are so many ways that people work, so many techniques that they can use. And to me, it's less interesting, like, which technique works for you. It's more interesting, like, taking the time to examine, like, what you want, what the pain points are, like, what's not working for you and how you might be able to create a schedule that, that really does work. Yep, 100%. And for some people, that means talking to a coach like you did. Yep. For other people, it might be like literally just writing it down and really visually picturing what your perfect day looks like. For other people, it's just trial and error. It, there's no like one size fits all. You really have to do whatever's best for your personality and work style. So don't be afraid to experiment. And it's always going to evolve too. I think it's just accepting that it's always going to change and and look different as time goes on and being okay with that, just kind of being able to roll with things while still maintaining boundaries. That's the big thing. Yep. Absolutely. For another episode. <laughs> yeah. Another episode. For sure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Freelance Writing Coach. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com. PodcastEdition.com provided editing and Ali Rico provided writing assistance. Thank you.